Welcome to. I guess I'm gonna keep rolling. Keep rolling. Keep rolling. We'll take it in two. We'll do it live. <laughs> Welcome to what? The gift. Special holiday edition. Capitalism around the world. No, it need not be really? a gift. A gift need not be. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cause a uh, global war with that comment. Uh, just yeah, <laughs> a gift. In fact, truly in the tradition, I would say the gift need not be of capitalist origin. No, it could uh, be of uh, magi origin. Right, a little bit of myrrh and frankincense. Right, that'd be nice. What is frankincense and myrrh? Um, they're um, used, uh, how would you call it, uh, resins used for weird stuff like um, embalming bodies and all kinds of <laughs> stuff. It's a really creepy gift to give to a baby, frankly. <laughs> it's a gift you give to a baby? <laughs> uh, yes, those are the traditional gifts given to uh, the baby Jesus, frankincense and myrrh. Wow. Wow, that could have explained, you know, the particular direction he took in life. You know, mm -hmm. right. all right. An obsession with uh, necromancy. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Fascinating. Uh, also, you know, I was thinking that there's a reason that I, I'm going to guess that when Simon and Garfunkel were thinking of their great song, uh, which I think is their own, unless it is, is it a traditional Rosemary. What is it? Something, something. Rosemary and time. Rosemary and time. Yeah. Right. There's no frankincense and myrrh in there. There's no frankincense and myrrh in there. No. Um, Gabby, do you have any clue what we're talking about? Yeah, the... the... Like, zero. <laughs> well, I mean, I knew about the frankincense and myrrh right. and, and baby sure. Jesus. Yeah. But, but that's about it. Everything else is sailing a couple miles yeah. over my head this morning. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know that Simon and Garfunkel were bigger than Jesus, but the Beatles were... Briefly, so they so 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 one of them said, and um, yeah. So Matt and I were just talking about, it, and I, I'm just going to mention it again. Uh, not that the Beatles need my help, nor does Disney, <laughs> no. but uh, it's a heck of a documentary that's uh, playing at this time all about the Beatles. Uh, for the, those of you who may or may not know, I, I I had the great fortune to work with the three of the Beatles um, a bit, so. Um, uh, there, I'm going to promote it. What the heck? Uh, mm -hmm. I did a documentary about the Beatles with uh, Paul McCartney mm -hmm. about his life, his and his family. I made a documentary with his family, the McCartneys, uh, about um, their life after the Beatles. So maybe that'll come up next. It's called Wingspan. It's available everywhere. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Gabby, how are you? Let's get it. Can we get a quick? We're going to jump right in on our, our, our if this uh, week, but uh, quick Omicron update. Uh, a COVID Omicron. Yeah. Uh, basically, if you live almost anywhere, Omicron has probably been all of you've heard about. Uh, in the city of New York, it was wild because I'm sure you guys experienced this too. In the space of about two days, basically everybody you mm -hmm. knew tested positive. Uh, on campus, we had a huge cluster. Well, huge for us was like 50 people, um, which is it's not insignificant on like a 1,500 yeah. person campus. Um, so definitely get your boosters. Um, boosted people seem to fare better as in like they're more likely to not get sick as opposed to what was previously considered fully vaccinated two doses. Um, don't make, I hope this doesn't make you think that the vaccine doesn't work because it does. Uh, either way, it's preventing severe disease. Uh, the booster just sort of gives you the extra layer of shielding you need because uh, Omicron is very sneaky. Uh, it's super contagious. And uh, if you have huge, huge, huge holiday plans, I would really reconsider, which sucks. Um, but, you know, it's it's the time you don't want to kill your immunocompromised relatives um, or your elderly. Uh, make sure grandma is there for another Christmas. Get your booster and uh, just be safe. Yeah. They, I think in the news, there needs to be some nuance in the term case or there are new cases. Right? See, it always seems to me there's no nuance in that. They just it's just new cases. Right. And um, although maybe. It's better, and as you say, you don't want to 
if you give any, and it's bad enough telling people how severe it is and then they still do nothing. So maybe you don't want to lighten the thing. But a case of Omicron, if, if you're boosted, if you're, if you're boosted, all, you've got both vaccinates and you're boosted, and apparently there may be some variation in the different companies. So if it's one, I believe Pfizer and uh, Moderna are, seem to be among the, the best at the moment. Um, what could you expect Omicron to feel like? You've got a bad okay. cold. So if you've right. come down with a cold, right. what you think is a cold, that's right. probably COVID. It seems to not be as much of a sock to the teeth as a OG SARS-2 right. variant, right. Uh, where before, you know, you were on right. your butt for two weeks and it sucked. Now it's like, if you have a cold, you might want to take a test because that might be it. Um, so it, it, you know, knock on wood, probably not going to be that bad, especially if you're, if you're fully vaccinated. Um, but you know, still nothing to, uh, pun intended sneeze at. And point of privilege, point of privilege, doctor, uh, if I may have gotten it, (laughs) having, having woken (laughs) up feeling kind of, as my mother would say in Yiddish, ungablism, uh, yesterday, uh, also known as kind of wiped out, um, and yet I'm, I've already decided, I'm not seeing anybody, you know, we've, we'd already all decided all that, uh, at least not till New Year's Day, possibly. We'll see how it goes. Um, do I even, and the lines for tests are like crazy. So do I even, do I, should I even bother getting a test? I mean, what's the difference? Um, Honestly, that's one of the weird things for me. I've never had to work right. around that because, you know, Rockefeller's tests, I just spit in tube. Um, I think if, if you really do feel sick, exercise all due caution. Uh, so essentially, you know, put yourself in lockdown the way that you would have if you I mean. thought it was, you know, original yeah. flavor COVID, um, which I think is, is definitely the smarter way to go. Like, yes, you could write it off and just right. say, oh, it's a cold, but this cold happens to be extremely, extremely, extremely yeah. transmissible. Um, so if it's not actually a cold, then you've gotten all of your friends sick, which sucks. So err on the side of caution. If you are in a place where testing is easy and you're not going to freeze your butt off waiting in line for two hours, I'd recommend it. Um, Rapid tests, if you really do feel bad and you test negative, I would still err on the side of caution because rapid tests have a higher false negative rate. I know plenty of people who have tested negative on a rapid test, but positive on a PCR, which is a little bit more rigorous, a little bit more sensitive. Um, Just... I'm preaching yeah. caution, basically, as the sort of uh, and you, you could still get Delta or OG Alpha as you could, right? There, I don't know how much o, how much Alpha uh, is circulating anymore. There is some Delta, but Omicron seems to be the the predominant variant in the U.S. Right. and other places, and so that's what you're really going to see probably sweeping uh, through okay. the population. Well, if I want some OG Alpha, though, I, there's some old record stores here. I bet I can go find. You know, still sitting yeah, in the probably. bin. Mmm, alpha. Um, and uh, last, lastly, uh, and I'm going to jump on our gift, gift giving if today. Um, like a friend of mine was boosted and got, I think, Delta. This was just before this Omicron thing hit, so maybe a month ago. And he was pretty, he was really sick for like 10 days. He didn't have to go to the hospital, uh, you know, because of all that, but he was pretty sick. And uh, we were debating whether... He did not know about the treatments. He was assuming there was no treatment whatsoever. But I had heard, because the kind of friend I am, you know, you could have felt better, like just to pile on. Um, if you are going to get any kind of treatment, isn't it good to get it early? That's the, that makes a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Another reason, I suppose. Earlier interventions right. Another are reason better. to get tested, I suppose. Um, all right. Thank you. Uh, um, Gabby Penicia coming to us from Rockefeller University, uh, where you are a, a virologist and an expert in these things. You look at these, you look these little buggers in the eye and you tell them who's boss. Yeah. And normally I'm yelling at them because they're not working right. They, they're not cooperating. It's like hurting uh. really aggressive toddlers. <laughs> I'm tr- I tried to make West Nile yesterday, and I have no idea if it worked. We will see. <laughs> Fantastic. And if not, I'm going to be yelling at virus, Pat, like once I come back from winter break. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Excellent. Matt, did you ha- uh, Matt, you are a, uh, sci- a historian of science at New York University. Um, what uh, are there any cats? You, well, you have, you have some cats. You have a cat. Some I cats. have a pile of cats, actually. Yeah. Yeah. 
got three of them at the moment. <laughs> oh, wow. Is that the correct pile, collective yeah. noun? A pile of cats. <laughs> That's when they're in a good mood. <laughs> a bramble of cats, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> a bram- mm-hmm. Bramble is very bramble. accurate. And uh, we also have in our audience today a man in the box, uh, Joshua Reinstein, who is our new um, What the If uh, staff member uh, who is helping us. Joshua, you want to give us maybe just a 30-second uh, just little heads up on, on the exciting um, thing we have created? What have you wrought? Uh, yeah, so hi, everybody. I'm Joshua, and uh, we have officially announced our Patreon the knocking you hear in the background, Joshua is coming to us from another dimension. That's the temporal rift of the dimension that I'm from. <laughs> it's uh, calling me back now, but I can't go yet because I have to announce the Patreon tiers for our, for our lovely What The If listeners. Yes. Um, now our Patreon is fully active and open for business. So if you want to uh, leave a certain amount of money and join one of our tiers, we would greatly appreciate it. And you will also get some cool rewards from that as well. Yes. Some wearable rewards as well as intellectual yes. rewards. Clothing. Yeah. Sippable, so sippable rewards. What to give us here? We're going to highlight one reward this week, and it is the uh, what did you call it? The Bizarro, uh, the Bizarro mug, Bizarro goblet. It's, yes, the Bizarro goblet, and uh, it's very special because it has the logo from the the logo as you can see from another dimension where everything is reversed. Uh-huh. The logo for a show would be reversed as well, so that is being displayed on the back of the mug. So That's you can different. drink it one way. Or you can drink it the other way. You get a left hand, right hand, and uh, no matter which way you're drinking it, it'll still taste good, whatever you're drinking, I'm sure. Yeah, I'll leave out my David Lynch joke about maybe the it, if you drink it the other way, the, the liquid just goes back into the mug from whence it came. But yeah, at no the right tier level, we can make anything happen <laughs> for you. So We can, we can do that, yeah. All right. Yeah. So keep in touch. And how do people find this uh, thing? Suppose people don't know about how to find a Patreon. What does that mean? Where do they go? Well, you can access it on patreon.com slash what the if. And we'll also be posting, uh, we'll be posting on our Twitter account, some of the rewards that you can get and keeping up to date on all things Patreon related there. So I'll Fantastic. be managing the Twitter account so you can find me on there. Fantastic. And uh, yeah. So all right. Thank you, Joshua. Stuff. It's going to be really awesome. All right, now I have to go. The dimensional rift is calling me back. Okay, good luck. I must be gone. Good luck. Safety goggles on. Uh, Harry. Goodbye, Joshua. Thank you for joining us. (laughs) And now, the uh, if of the week. The if of the week is a very special one brought to us um, from our own. Gabby Panisius. This is straight from the labs. Uh, uh, I won't say Rockefeller University. This is from your own private lab, your own private uh, corporation, uh, where you may or may not be regenerating um, um, extinct creatures. Uh, and maybe there'll be an amusement park attached to that. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but it's uh, what the if. We could bring back dinosaurs. But you've heard of that before. It's been done. And so in the spirit of the end of the year and spirit of the holidays, what if I I upped it? What if you could have a dinosaur as a pet? That'd be nice. What would that be like? That would be like so. First of all, Gabby, is this uh, when when the movie came out? Uh, when Jurassic Park, the first one, the, the OG, which is by far the best one, the Spielberg masterpiece, um, came out. It seemed pretty far fetched, but in that Spielberg science fiction way, it seemed like yeah, could could we were just about to happen. That was a long time ago. Where do we stand now on on this? Uh, the ability to. And actually, just sorry for those who have no idea, what are we talking about? Just kind of give us a quick summary about uh, what is the the scientific, greatest scientific achievement that happens uh, in Jurassic Park. 
Yeah. So in uh, Jurassic Park, a.k.a. literally like my favorite movie and a reason why I am a scientist. No way. Um, they managed to. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a I mean, I own like eight Jurassic wow. Park shirts. I am conveniently today not drinking from my Jurassic Park mug because um, that's in the dishwasher. <laughs> but I really love Jurassic Park. And actually, my my undergrad mentor, um, when I was interviewing for the thing, she was describing why she went into molecular genetics because of wow, Jurassic fantastic. Park. Um, so it inspired a huge swath of scientists because, sure. uh, you know, everybody loves dinosaurs yeah. growing up. And this was, you know, I think one of the first ways a lot of people were sort of exposed to genetics pop culture. And so the idea behind Jurassic Park was that from mosquitoes, which ancient mosquitoes, which drank the blood of dinosaurs and then got sealed away in amber, which is like a sap, um, you could extract the DNA from the dinosaur blood and then you could use that to essentially rebuild dinosaurs. And there was some funkiness, but there were some gaps. So they used some frog DNA uh, in ways that becomes eventually relevant to the plot. Ah, indeed. Indeed. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, one of the the kind of bummers from this, which I learned when I I got older, is DNA degrades. Um, So actually, you can't really get any DNA from samples Ah. in amber um, because they're just too old. You get get nothing. It's basically dust, which is kind of hard to think Ah. about because you see a bee or a lizard perfectly, perfectly trapped in there. And you think, oh, you should be able to just pull out the genetic material. But unfortunately, it doesn't quite work that way, which is a... So what option do we have? So if the the amber mosquito method isn't going to work very well, do we have any other DNA sources? Yes, we do. Uh, So this is the really fun part. And actually, uh, I don't know if he's the one who really started it, but he's the one who popularized it. Uh, Jack Horner, who's a paleontologist, uh, known for discovering the Myasaurus and also being the inspiration of uh, for Alan Grant in Jurassic Park. Um, he popularized the idea of, well, okay, well, we have birds and birds are descended um, from those, or at least related to those theropod dinosaurs, the things, uh, the sort of predator ones like the you see like velociraptors, stuff like that. That's more the sort of class of animal we're talking about as opposed to like a Brachiosaurus. Um, So you could take a bird and essentially they've got more or less the same genes, some stuff that's been changed over time. And well, you could maybe revert it to get something that looks more like a dinosaur. And it wouldn't be, you know, exactly what you had uh, before because maybe some genes have been lost or some genes have been changed in ways that we can't really figure out entirely. But maybe you can just sort of take the process and go the other way, like undrinking from the mug. (laughs) It sounds like to me, this is the only thing more horrifying is that. Well, you don't really get a real dinosaur. You get a mutated dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> what yeah. could possibly go wrong? With- you get a creature that has never yeah. seen the light of day before. <laughs> exactly. Um, and so, uh, I in the news periodically, and I think there was even one recently again, we hear, particularly because of global warming, as the permafrost is melting, uh, around the world, uh, up in the north and the south, some something is found, like a Neanderthal or what we dummies would call a cave person. Um, and I always wonder, can or, or there was even I believe there was the there was the most well preserved Egyptian mummy or something was discovered. Um, are you saying in, in getting DNA even from all these things? Um, extremely rare so we can get dna from stuff that's been frozen in ice Mm. a little bit better and so sometimes it's really weird there it depends a lot on the conditions that a thing is in so for example things like lush tropical jungles dna Mm. degrades Mm. very quickly um but regions that are very very cold and essentially a creature that has been you know kind of flash frozen by dropping in the snow Mm. and then being buried um, has a better chance of getting DNA out of it. So we do have some DNA from woolly mammoths. And actually one of the things that's really cool, and then I got to do an undergrad, is I got to com- sequence my mitochondrial DNA, which is passed uh, mother to children and then mother to children. Um, and I got to compare it to literally some frozen <laughs> proto-humans wow. and stuff like that that we'd had, uh, which is really cool. Um, so it's we do have DNA and stuff like that from there, but I don't think we have any samples that are fully complete enough to be like, you know, I'm going to fully resynthesize this person. Not like we have the technology to just de novo synthesize a person from DNA, but yeah, it's 
Paleogenetics is difficult. So it's not just you need, it's not just DNA that you need, but like DNA itself is a very long, there's a lot, of, it's a long, long, long strand of something and you would need all those things to be working or to be existing to get it back. Is that what you mean? Yeah. So one of the things that's like weird about DNA, right, is that, you know, since it's all just a string of letters, it takes some understanding of how the body's functioning to read them. So for example, there are things like promoters, enhancers, repressors that change how it's being read. It's kind of like a choose your own adventure book, sort of. Um, and so it's kind of difficult if you have a good chunk of it, but you don't realize you're missing entire chapters until later you get to a part of the DNA that says, hey, go back to chapter two. And you're like, what? We don't have a chapter two. Um, so it, it's, it's difficult. I, the people who do it, are very good at their jobs. It's very impressive that from like a single Denisovan tooth, they can get wow. anything out at all. Um, but it's it's definitely a process where, you know, you don't have many samples and they're extremely, extremely valuable and extremely unique, uh, which makes it difficult where, you know, for me, if I want to sequence a rat, I go out, I grab the rat and I take as much sample from the rat that I need. This is, you know, you have one valuable <laughs> piece of a jawbone that was excavated from a cave in Malaysia and that's it. See, that's where we differ. I grab the slice of pizza that he was eating and take, you know, run with that. That's a New York, <laughs> that's a New York yeah. situation. Uh, look, look, look up the video, New York rat eating pizza. I can guarantee hours of pizza entertainment. Rat. <laughs> um, Matt, when you saw Jurassic Park, what did you think? We, we were a little bit older when that came out. but uh, It was... A pretty awesome movie, I've got to say. The um, yeah. one of the first movies to uh, successfully use a combination of CGI and um, models uh, for the yeah. animations uh, to create genuinely terrifying <clears throat> situation. Um, and in fact, uh, uh, my not yet wife and I—that was one of our first dates. Um, ah. which was really good because when she gets scared in movies, she jumps into the lap of whoever is next to her. So it worked out very well. Good memories of, of Jurassic Park. It's like, I remember as, as Seinfeld's father used to say, uh, he said when he would, uh, he's, that's my move. Mm-hmm. That's, that's my move. move. Yeah, my move is taking <laughs> one uh, that's excellent. That's, now I gotta say, see, I, as, as a kid growing up, with to me, Close Encounters and ET, those were those were Spielberg's greatest movies, and they were just so uplifting and so to me. And and, and that Jurassic Park came around, and I actually thought, and he his Spielberg's career has never waned by any means, but you know, it was sort of I felt like it was sort of you know he had done those things in the past quite a ways back in the past, and so when Jurassic Park came out, I was like ah, he's going for you know he's just going for horror movies here. And stuff, but so I'm I'm actually really glad to hear that the uh, and also maybe just biology wasn't my thing, so it didn't grab me the same way. I'm so glad to hear that there's lots of scientists, uh, young scientists and so forth, who were inspired to uh, my fate. I did love at the end where the dinosaur in the museum is alive and is like tearing everything up. I was like, that's yeah. fantastic. Oh, <laughs> that like the last half of the movie, I was so terrified of, but it did not stop me from watching. Like, I, I mostly rewatched the beginning yeah. a lot as a kid, but I did occasionally, you know, nut up and watch it through the end. And yeah. the end was just yeah. terrifying yeah. the whole time. That said, I was kind sure. of rooting yeah. for the dinosaurs. Yeah. Yeah. And I will just, yeah. uh, just for my fellow, my fellow film nerds, uh, I, I encourage you to watch. There's some fine YouTube videos that compare the directing um, techniques used in Jurassic Park, the Spielberg version, with some of the other ones um, and sort of showing why maybe those aren't quite as good, but you really learn Spielberg's genius for making these things terrifying, um, even using old Hollywood techniques like it used in King Kong. A lot of it's just the framing and things like that. But getting back so, to the science. Yeah, oh, so ahead, if we ahead. are bringing yeah. them back, what kinds of dinosaurs are we likely to have? Are we going to have a whole amusement park's worth of variety? Yeah, so it seems like really, I, I don't think there's much else left besides alligators and birds, mm. as far as alligators slash crocodiles and birds, as far as extinct sort of dino-esque creatures that we can manipulate. And birds especially are, since they are related to those theropod dinosaurs, it seems like that's all that we're really going to be getting back. So it stinks for anyone who's really like 
you know, a lover of the Triceratops or the Stegosaurus. Wait, all we get is Florida. Um, actually, probably all we get is for the Florida. Well, yeah, you get advanced Florida. You get really aggressive chickens and some big honking <laughs> alligators. Wait a second. Um, but maybe that's for the best. Advanced chickens. Tell me about the advanced chickens. Okay, so I think the idea, I, I don't know if it was Jack Horner himself who coined the term chickenosaur, um, but essentially we've studied chickens the most of any type of bird as far as genetics go because they're very tractable. Mm-hmm. They're domesticated. We sequence their genome. We kind of know what to expect because they're chickens and we've been raising chickens for thousands of years. Um, So we know the most about their development. And so, you know, developmentally, that's the important part where you want to interfere. You want to interfere in egg. Um, It's sort of like the whole, you know, what came first, the chicken or the egg? The answer is always the egg because it came from something that wasn't quite a chicken. Ah. So very much in that, if we're trying to make a chicken a sore, you have to start with the egg, Um, which will grow up into something that's not quite a chicken. Um, so there's a couple ways, <laughs> yeah, there's a couple ways that we've sort of messed with it, uh, in the past, uh, to try to dinosaurize chicken. Uh, so in 2015, there was a paper, actually there are two papers in 2015. Uh, one of them was looking at, um, the way that the skeleton develops on the back legs. So birds have, um, sort of like a, a back foot called a hallux, which is used for grasping, for perching. Um, so it's essentially that they can, rather than being flat-footed, they've got a little opposable thumb on the back of their feet that they can use to grab a branch and not just slide right off. Uh, dinosaurs didn't. Uh, they were more flat-footed. Um, and so they found that, you know, this metatarsal twisting, what twisted that that back foot away from just being flat, uh, was the fact that it sort of developed later. It was a little bit delayed. Uh, so when the muscles came in, it sort of twisted it back. Um and so to do this, they thought, well, okay, well, to confirm that this is what's causing it to twist back, let's stop it and make it twist forward, essentially the way that it would have been in a dinosaur. So they sort of did some pharmacological muscular paralysis by applying certain compounds, and the resulting embryo feet looked similar to the dinosaurs like Dallasaurus. Uh, similarly, there was another group that did something that I thought was really fun. Um, they, you know, beaks are very, very important to birds. Uh, think about Darwin's finches, where he could tell that they were essentially adapting to their environment um, by changing beak size ah. depending on, you know, what seeds ah. were available. Um, and so avian beak is, is, a, is a huge thing in evolution. Um, but they essentially found out that they could inhibit certain facial development pathways and get um, this sort of ancestral phenotype, which kind of looked between an alligator and a chick- yeah. and a bird. Um, so it wasn't quite as rounded of a snout as an alligator, but it was still a little pointy, um, which is kind of cool. It's really wild. And I think younger me had seen a documentary about this, like on Discovery Channel, when I was like maybe eight. And I was like, this is the coolest <laughs> thing. We're making dinosaurs. It like, I was fascinated by it. Then I never heard anything about it again. And <laughs> <All right. laughs> Jack, I'm curious, Jack Horner, because I don't, you think this is the real person that um, he, in, mm-hmm. in the movie, which character is he? Were you saying? The, uh, the Alan Grant, the, the main okay. paleontologist. Sam Neill, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, who wears like the Indiana Jones hat. And, uh, yes. And, yeah. and um, is he still around? And... Yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure he's still yeah. around. Uh, I mean, um, very interesting. Matt, do you have any, any, thought, any, any knowledge of uh, Jack Horner? Or where, I, how did he come to be represented? In, in, like, is he someone that had gotten so far... In his, it was he like a leader? I think he consulted he on the movie. I think he consulted oh, on the okay. movie. Very cool. So presumably okay. Michael Crichton. In part. New MS. Yeah. Character on him, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I don't know if it's entirely based on that. Like, I, I think they, they based his... Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I know that he was part of the inspiration, but I don't know if it has to do with um, when they made the movie, then they based some of the right. things off of him. Cause I don't really remember it much about the differences between the book and the movie, other than the fact that the kids ages right. were really my favorite, favorite character. The one that just makes me smile the most is the one that's the guy who played Newman on Seinfeld. Isn't he? <laughs> yes, that's right. Because he's like a mess. And at <laughs> yes. one point, I don't know, is it Samuel Jackson or somebody comes in there and, and sees his computer and it's all a mess. And he's like, look at this workstation. Oh. I don't know that that line just jumps out. <laughs> maybe I've heard it. Maybe I've heard it. Um, so, uh, their pets, you get a pet. 
how what how what would Matt what, Matt, what might be the chain of events, the sort of the industrial chain or whatever that's going to lead to them going from you know uh, Jack Horner's lab somewhere to eventually becoming a widely well, available these days, domestic. I would yeah. I'd say it's that um, Elon Musk wants to impress his girlfriend. Yeah. With an, a, a unique pet that no one else on Earth has. That's good, yeah. And so he puts a yep. billion dollars into R&D. Um, yep, yep. Uh, to make it. That, that yeah. makes sense. And then, and then um, now everybody's got them in their home. And uh, either of you have thoughts about what, what would that be like? How... A dinosaur is not so. A dinosaur is not domesticated, and even a chicken. While while, do you call a chicken domesticated? I guess they're not great pet pet. They're not. I mean, people do have them, but it's not the most common pet. Um, so a having a dinosaur sounds. I'm, I'm trying to think out loud. It'd be more like having an iguana, maybe at first. What What do you think it would be like to have a dinosaur as a pet? Yeah, I think it kind of depends a right, lot on the right. dinosaur, right? Um, so I, as a general thing, I don't know if it's just coincidence, but humans seem to do well with other carnivores. Um, part of this may have to do with the fact that a lot of prey animals, it, it sounds backwards, right? You think the carnivores are more aggressive, but a lot of prey animals, their instinct is attack first and then like a bigger prey animals. So for example, things like cows, uh, pigs, uh, stuff like that, Their their instinct is stomp whatever I don't understand so it doesn't yeah. kill me uh, because they know that they're basically mm -hmm. walking tubes of meat. Um, and so... Joshua, Joshua, could you just I, make I a note? Just, that, we need a t-shirt. Uh, we are basically walking tubes of meat. We're just... Anytime a slogan <laughs> comes up, Joshua's going to yeah, take notes. Right? <laughs> okay, go, go ahead. Go ahead, Kevin. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'd imagine that, you know, because... It, I don't know. We're still pulling right. this from a chicken, right? And we're not changing its digestion, so it's still going to be kind of one of those here, weird here's the thing. Here's the, herbivore, the, insectivores. The real mystery, something I find very kind of bizarre and haunting, is this is a thing that came from ancient, a totally different era in the world and all this kind of stuff. Um, does it bring with it... Um, like would it suddenly w w without knowing any better and true it, it's a it's a we're bringing it to life now but does it come within like might we suddenly see it acting in, in ways that don't make sense because uh this is not a world of dinosaur with or well i would think not because so the thing is we're not entirely making de novo right. a dinosaur we're changing a creature that came from dinosaurs to mm, resemble exactly. a dinosaur moving forward. So if we were able to somehow zap into a time machine, abduct like Saltosaurus and then bring it back, yeah, that thing's going to act right. like a dinosaur. Um, but I get the feeling a dinosaur chicken is probably just going to act a little bit like a chicken unless we really start messing with, I don't, I don't know, I don't think we know enough about chicken brains to really start poking <laughs> those circuits. Uh, yeah. um, so it might actually be fairly mm. affectionate. Because chickens actually are, people, are fairly affectionate. Some people get along A little with them. dumb, but... Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. And so... Um, where does this go, Matt? Where going... As we push the experiment to the limit. Mm -hmm. Well, let's see here. So what do humans do with animals? We keep them as pets. Um, we keep them as livestock and eat them. Um... I would imagine the process of making this critter is probably a little too expensive to make it worth eating them, uh, but I could well imagine hunting them would be a pretty cool application, right? People would be willing to in your spend Tesla. a fair bit of money to, um, uh, to hunt yeah. a dinosaur. Uh, and perhaps if they made it one at a time, then each person who hunts it could say that they made that species extinct. Oh, yeah. And then they make a new one, and then the next Man. person gets to um, make it extinct too. So I, I could see a fairly profitable route here. 
You know, it's interesting. That was, in a way, that was, uh, um, as much as I was criticizing, uh, uh, I was saying, so Spielberg, you know, he had made these, these kind of uh, very uplifting stories about uh, the aliens and whatever, that when it came to Jurassic Park, he made a horror movie, which it is a bit. But actually, no, he, I mean, it was a park, right? It was, mm-hmm. it was a place to go. It was a nature park to go visit these things. He could have made a hunting. <laughs> hunting was not part of the story. That would be the other, <laughs> the other side of that. So that's interesting. Um, uh, <laughs> that's pretty great. Yeah, which one? Yeah, man. How many did you make? And then you'd have it, your head on your wall and be like, yeah, that was the last one. That was the, that was the very last one, right? <laughs> man. Uh, and if it went the positive direction, what would you say? Could, would your kids, how would your kids feel about unwrapping a, uh, a dime? There's an adorable commercial on uh, right uh, well, now. Like that, I uh, should say in that scene in Jurassic Park where they, they see the, the baby dino hatch from the egg. That yeah. is an adorable dinosaur. Um, yep. That that ten second sequence could easily be a commercial for for pet dinosaurs, um, yep. and certainly were my daughters of a certain age, they would have wanted such a thing. Um, whether or not it would get along with um, my existing pile of pets is is another question <laughs> entirely. Um, uh, what could we? If people don't generally walk chickens, I'm guessing we're not going to be walking our dinosaurs. Or need does the dinosaur need does the dinosaur need to live in a uh, in a cage in a, or in an aquarium, or can it run uh, free well, in the house? Well, that's an interesting question, right? Is the you know Jurassic climate was a little bit different? Do we need to uh, keep them in like terrariums, or we just go like the dog route and start? Knitting our oh, yeah, chicken mm-hmm. little sweaters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Bring... Also, I guess this thing would probably mm-hmm. have feathers too. Yeah, we'd... Uh-huh. That's right. So it'd be a little. Certainly, take them for walks if for no other reason to just show them off. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, there's people in my neighborhood who walk their parrots. So walking your dinosaur is no weirder than that. <laughs> yeah, and, and I mean, thinking too, humans have always been masters of selective breeding. Mm. Yeah. Um, so once you have a population of these things, you can make really cool things. I mean, especially since, have you ever seen how many different kinds of chickens there are that people breed? It's insane. There's mm-hmm. ones that look like they have afros. Yes. Like, there's no way someone's not doing that to a dinosaur, especially, too, since <laughs> no. it seems like theropod dinosaurs had really cool feathers and stuff like that. So we are absolutely going to make funky Fun- chicken sores well. in the future. <laughs> yeah, the funky chicken yeah, is coming. That's how... That's that's beautiful. That's a beautiful way to wrap up. Funky Chicken is coming. Get your there's the commercial. Get your Funky Chicken. The soundtrack what is already new. Funky Chicken mascots are available for purchase. They will be. They will be. I like it. The Funky Chicken. I definitely got to get a new piece of music for that. Anytime Funky Chicken gets gets uh, mentioned in the show, the Funky Chicken it, music. Yeah, I hope it will be uh, going forward. So um, wonderful. Uh, so for Gabby, for, for those who um, haven't seen Jurassic Park. Uh, obviously, we would recommend that. Anything else? What would you recommend um, uh, for people to learn um, more about this subject, either in a fanciful way or uh, edu- straight-up educational way? Other media they can consume? Yeah. So, unfortunately, I do not remember the name of a documentary that I saw when I was eight, although I'll, I will do some digging and see yeah. if I can, I can pull it up. Um, but... You know, even if you just go trolling the Wikipedia page, the, the research of the labs that I mentioned, they're not Jack Horner's, they're not Jack Horner's labs. There are other labs that have been mm. looking into this. Uh, they're just really cool papers, especially even if you just scroll down to the pictures. Um, so there were papers in 2015 and 2016 in evolution and scientific reports. Highly recommend. Um, and in general, it's just, if you like dinosaurs, it's still always fun to go back and look. I was crazy about dinosaurs as a kid i had like every one of them memorized and occasionally i still go back and like just kind of wind up going through dinosaur pages on on wikipedia that's awesome that's awesome matt how about you where where would you uh where are you inspired to go or where would you send people to find out more about these topics um so i should suggest first off um if you enjoyed the movie you should go read the original book um, huh? which go, which is an outstanding mm-hmm. piece of science fiction, um, and goes into some more of the technical detail as well. Um, uh, so that's well worth doing. 
Um, and if you want to read more Michael Crichton, I would suggest you stick with his earlier books rather than his later, which go a little off the rails. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Is Westworld a Michael Crichton? It is indeed. Mm-hmm. Creation. And, and would you say mm-hmm. that's off the rails or on the rails? That's, Speaking of, uh, that's considering on the rails for the 1970s, okay. Um, which okay. was, I guess, already a fairly off the rails decade. But. <laughs> well, and considering that railroads <laughs> play a somewhat of a role in the story, then uh, good, it's good that, that it's on the it's yeah. on the rails. So uh, the original movie, somewhat off the rails, whereas I, I would say the more recent um, HBO series on Westworld, quite on the rails, although quite terrifying. So... Um, and actually quite a quite a fascinating uh, thing about this notion of creating uh, organic or pseudo-organic creatures and what are the ethics involved oh, yeah. there. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, wonderful. Uh, Joshua, do you have any, um, uh, any biologically inspiring, uh, any, any stories that inspired you about biology growing up? Um, Considering you're, well, still, you're still in the middle of the growing up part. Yeah, I, I don't know too much about biology. I, I wish I had taken more classes on it, to be honest. But there is a video that I watched recently on YouTube. Um, there's a YouTube channel called Cosmo, and they made a video about what the Earth was like after dinosaurs. So if anyone's interested in that huh? sort of thing, I would check it out. This is just kind of from my YouTube binge watching that I do. Fantastic. And uh, I was going to mention earlier, actually, this is really funny because... The um the idea of cloning a dinosaur or like creating your own like fabricated dinosaur is the exact plot of Jurassic World, the sequel to Jurassic yeah. Park. Okay. Ah. Um not sure how relevant that is. I think they tackled the subject material a little more loosely than what would be scientifically possible, but that's it's kind of interesting anyway. Right, right. Going off the rails, perhaps. If you're willing to yeah, really going a bit off the rails. watch something mid-derailment, uh, we can recommend that. Thank you. Thank but, you for but that. But the original yeah. Jurassic Park will always be a favorite of mine. And I just, I love how they use like practical effects and animatronics because uh, it yeah. just makes them so much more terrifying. And I have a bit of a scary story myself. When I went to the Museum of Natural History when I was like, four years old, I saw a dinosaur, animatronic dinosaur, and like ever since seeing that, I was scared of going in that entrance because I would see this like, it was like this T-Rex and he would (laughs) actually roar at me. (laughs) And I just got so scared that I couldn't go in that entrance anymore. I had to ask my parents to take me to the back. (laughs) (laughs) That's That's great. I think who's been to the Museum of Natural History around that time will know what I'm talking about. That's awesome. Yeah, I gotta say, my chosen media, media, form of media for this kind of thing would be, and hopefully will be, will be able to do this soon enough again, is the museum. I think uh, mm-hmm. I grew up in, yeah. in uh, Washington, D.C., going to the Smithsonian uh, Natural History Museum, uh, which has an you know, astounding collection. They have a big, a very, very famous, uh, actually, blue whale sculpture there, uh, life-size, and, uh, of course, elephants. And, and, uh, and some years ago, maybe 10 years ago-ish, they completely, re- as, as most museums have, I suppose, they completely remodeled things, bring them up to date. And the New York, um, what's it called? Just Museum of History or Natural History, what it was called, New York, um, is ma- you walk in the lobby there and you see these magnificent um, dinosaurs skeletons, I guess, brontosaurus, um, you know, uh, whole, like a whole family of them just standing there. You, uh, There's few ways, no matter, as great as the movies are, even in IMAX or something, nothing comes close to just standing there next to a life-size thing. And uh, the real skeletons, or at least, you know, um, the real skeleton, if, not that's, if that's not the real one standing in front of you, the, the actual bones are kept in storage and, and what you're looking at is an exact replica. To stand, the scale is unbelievable. I mean, just to be, you're barely bigger than their toenails, stuff like that. Yes, that's right. It's phenomenal. And and it's, and I remember even tr- learning, it took, took me a long, I'm still learning about evolution, but like how they, um, in the New York Museum, as well as others, I'm sure they, they also, they show you fossils all around, you know, um, the hall kind of demonstrating mm-hmm. what evolution is and uh, fascinating. So kudos to old, what did you call them, pra- uh, uh, Josh, practical, old practical effects. Practical, yeah, practical effects, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, good stuff, good stuff. Um, so uh, um, 
would uh, each of you like to give a uh, special uh, your thought at the uh, end of the year as we uh, wrap up another revolution around uh, the uh, glowing if at the center of the solar um, Get vaccinated. Make sure that no one has to resurrect you from the dead via bizarre <laughs> genetics experiments. <laughs> yeah, right, don't count right on the that. First time. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Uh, speaking of that, by the way, when you were talking about the feet and how they had uh, the, the different feet of the dinosaur, I, I'm I feel a, a kinship to dinosaurs, knowing that uh, they had to wear crappy uh, um, uh, orthopedic shoes like I did because <laughs> you know, that's very good. <laughs> how about you, Gabby? What are your end of year uh, thoughts? Just that it's been a really insane year. I feel like mentally, every time I go over everything that's happened in the last year, I am continually shocked. Um, however, hopefully, I mean, knock on wood a trillion times, throw back to our superstition episode. Um, the, and I'm going to, I'm going to mess up pronouncing it, the, the Yavlibachin burned this year. So hopefully that's a sign yeah, of better what times. What's that? Um, so it's this Yule goat that I want to say it's in, is it in Sweden? Um, it it has a very long history of people attempting to or successfully lighting it on fire, and it hasn't <laughs> burned since 2016. No, and no. obviously, the world has gone downhill since then. But this year, it did. Um, it was one guy who successfully lit it on fire. I highly recommend if you go through the Wikipedia page of this thing, um, G A with the two dots over it, uh, V L E B O K E N or C K E N. Um, it, it's been hit by a car. It's been lit on fire with a flaming arrow. <laughs> it's been attacked by a guy dressed as the gingerbread man and another guy dressed as Santa. It, it's a very insane history. Um, but clearly I am, have watched over on the internet for the course of the last week, a, a pagan tradition arise at how many people are excited that this thing burned and at the potential, uh, for what that means. Uh, for maybe better things to come. And that's my thought, is maybe the warm light of the burning Yule Goat sent oh, us into a nice. better yeah. 2022. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. That is great. And and uh, I also, you know, I'm, I'll give out my special uh, shout-out before before I mention our Patreon yet again. Um, I uh, I have contributed to Wikipedia for many years. Just some tiny, tiny amount you can give. Uh, and I'm sure all of you know if you go to it, you probably were when Gabby, when you go to Wikipedia, do you get all the, all these things pop up? Like, don't, don't ignore this message. We could use mm -hmm. your help, uh, from Jimmy Wales and whoever else uh, runs Wikipedia. I do think for, you know, for it's, it's got its ups and downs, but man, one of the greatest resources. And I'm always happy to contribute to the Wikipedia foundation. So, uh, shout out to them. That'd be a fine, uh, end of year. Give the gift of, give of the, uh, uh the cont contribute to knowledge. In, uh -huh. in your own way, or um, to any other uh, science organization. Um, also, uh, there's a group, by the way, I'm sure we have a lot of science communicators um, out there in the audience. And I do want to give a quick shout out to um, some of you are familiar with Dr. Kiki, um, who runs uh, This Week uh, in Science, a wonderful podcast. She's been on our show a few times. Great inspiration to me. She, um She's been doing her show for 25 years, something like that. And she's on the board of uh, an amazing organization, which continues to grow each year. Uh, and they're having their annual conference coming up in March. Uh, it's called SciTalk, S-C-I Talk, uh, this year, SciTalk 22. And they're doing an interesting thing. Um, it is like a two-week thing, um, but going to be virtual, except for the last few days. So they're going to try to have at least people get together at the end. So that's going to be fun if we, you know, if it turns out we can, that'd be great. That'll be live part will be in Portland, uh, but you can join from anywhere. So just look up Side Talk Twenty Two. I'll put a link on, on the page. Check that out if you're a science communicator, or you know, or even like myself, just to appreciate doing science talk. It doesn't have to be your career, although a lot of you out there are. So check that out. And lastly, um, uh, big thank you, big thank you to Joshua for all your help this year on all, all our different projects and for putting together the Absolutely. Patreon. Uh, yeah, the Patreon is amazing. So check it out. What's the link again, Joshua? Yeah, so you can find it at www.patreon.com slash what the if. And Fantastic. we also have a Twitter account, what the if show that you can follow. Right. 
And that is at What The If Show, indeed. Go check it out. And if you want to contact indeed. us, the easiest way is, and lots of you have been doing, and hopefully we'll have a mailbag episode coming up. We've gotten so many wonderful letters from you. And thank you for all those. As we got, uh, I got crazy busy and uh, around these holiday time, and we slowed down. And by the way, that we are about to, we're picking up speed, uh, getting back to normal. Um, but thank you for all your letters of encouragement. <laughs> where's my where's my if? I'm dying. I need some if. So the ifs are coming fast and strong. <laughs> A happy new year to all of you. Um, and uh, as the new year begins, I mean, there was, by the way, there was a, 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 the Sloan All-Sky Survey, I believe it is, announced yet again, like for the third or fourth time, finding another, even bigger, largest structure ever in the universe. Yeah. I don't know if you heard about this. It's just a vast uh, collection of quasars. So the amount of, and the quasars and all this kind of stuff. So the amount, again, it's just like, you know what, there's more ifs coming at us than we even knew. Um, Matt, could you explain to us and and help everyone get warmed up? um, How should we react to this? Uh, What and and what's something that you might shout at midnight as you realize this? I mean, you should probably react as though a herd of resurrected dinosaurs are charging (laughs) down on you. um, (laughs) Which in Times Square is not you know unheard of. Exactly right. This happens all the time, right? So you're just waiting for the ball (laughs) to drop, and then that's right. um, A bunch of Galapagos show up and start charging you. Um, and I think, as is natural for everyone, uh, you would then scream. Happy New Year. We'll see you all next week.